Hey folks, welcome to the Escrow Science Podcast. Today's topic is the life cycle of a star, all the way from the interstellar medium to the white dwarf. We will be going through high mass stars and low mass stars. Once you finish listening, make sure to click the link in the description to see a drawing to help your understanding of this cycle. Let the fun begin! Let's start with a low mass star. High mass stars and low mass stars both start as interstellar mediums. An interstellar medium is when a star is just starting to form. These mediums are thinly spread areas made of gas and dust. The gas is mostly hydrogen and the dust is mostly carbon and silicon. The star has not started forming yet, but this stage is more the ingredients for a star coming together. The next stage for a low mass star is the star forming nebula. This is when the interstellar medium begins to clump together in big clouds. That is why it's called the star forming nebula, because those clouds are forming stars. You could think of it as the birthplace of stars. You could also think of it as a star nursery where stars form and grow. The third stage for a low mass star is the protostar stage. This is when inside the star forming nebula, there are areas of more gravity and areas of less gravity, causing dust and gas to pull together. The more atoms that come together, the more gravity there is. In this stage, you could think of the star as a toddler, so the star is very unstable and there are many reactions in the protostar phase. As the star switches from the protostar phase into the fourth phase, equilibrium, there is a battle between gravity and gas pressure. Gravity and gas pressure are constantly changing. The star finally gets to the fourth stage, equilibrium, when gravity and gas pressure are equal. Just to recap the first four stages, one, the interstellar medium where thin particles of gas and dust come together, two, the star-forming nebula where the interstellar medium thickens and begins to form a star, three, the protostar stage where areas of more and less gravity are making dust and gas pull together, and four, finally, the equilibrium stage where gas, pressure, and gravity are equal. Those four stages happened for any star, whether the star is high mass or low mass. The fifth stage for a low mass star is the main sequence, or the stage when the star becomes a star, almost like an adult. In this stage, the star turns on or starts glowing. It also begins nuclear fusion. Nuclear fusion is when a low mass star fuses hydrogen into helium to get fuel to glow and continue growing. A star spends most of its life in the main sequence stage. The sixth stage for a low mass star is the red giant stage. You could think of this as when a star is middle-aged, so it's kind of sort of starting to die. In this stage, the star's outer layers start to move away from the core, causing the star to look bigger. As the star starts to run out of fuel from its nuclear fusion days, the star's core shrinks. The reason this stage is called the red giant stage is because the star looks bigger, is red, and is very bright. The seventh stage, geez, there are a lot of stages, is the planetary nebula stage. Not the star-forming nebula, the planetary nebula. This is when the star's outer layers are finally expelled from the gravity of the core. All that dust and gas from those outer layers move through space and create new interstellar mediums. This stage is when the life cycle comes full circle. However, there is still more. 
The eighth and second to last stage is the white dwarf stage. This is the leftover core of a star that those outer layers got expelled from. The star is still glowing, but slowly running out of fuel to do so. Once the star stops glowing, there's this leftover non-glowing star corpse. Humans have never actually seen one of these because this is when the star core goes dark, so there's no light to see it with. This is called a black dwarf. It is the ninth stage. That was the life cycle of a low mass star. If you're confused about something, you can rewind the podcast or click the link in the description to see a model to help your understanding. All right, let's move on. The second type of star is a high mass star. These stars are similar to low mass stars, but everything is well, I'm going to say larger. The first four stages for a high mass star are the same as a low mass star. One, interstellar medium. Two, star forming nebula. Three, the protostar stage. And four, equilibrium. If we forgot what those mean, you can always rewind the podcast. But anywho, let's get started. The fifth stage for a high mass star after equilibrium is also the main sequence. But the main sequence is different for a high mass star. During this stage, you can think of the star as an adult. In the beginning of the stage, the star turns on and starts glowing. High mass stars also do nuclear fusion during this time, but they can sometimes fuse hydrogen all the way up to iron. High mass stars spend most of their lives in this stage. Fun fact, high mass stars are 10 times the size of our sun. The sixth stage for a high mass star is the red supergiant phase. During this stage, you could think of the star as middle-aged. The outer layers of the star start to move away from the core. As the star gets older in this stage, it gets weaker and starts running out of fuel, so the core shrinks. This star is also much bigger, bright, and red. So basically the same as a red giant, but much larger. Why it's called a supergiant. When a high mass star's outer layers are finally expelled from the gravity of the core, this is called a supernova. It is the seventh stage for a high mass star. Unlike a low mass star, the outer layers explode from the core. The dust and gas from those outer layers move through space and eventually create new interstellar mediums that form new stars. The most common quote unquote afterlife for a high mass star is the leftover core called a neutron star. It is very dense, so dense that one teaspoon weighs one billion tons and the gravity is two billion times the amount of Earth's gravity. You would not be able to jump on a neutron star. The reason it is called a neutron star is because the gravity pressures the material in on itself so the protons and electrons combine into neutrons. Fun fact, you would not be able to even get close to a neutron star because the gravity is so strong it would pull you in and smash you against it. Where an uncommon quote-unquote afterlife for a high-mass star is a black hole. Black holes form when very big high-mass stars collapse and create areas with a super strong gravitational pull. Not even light can escape those things. Alright folks, that was our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and learned a lot about the life cycle of a star. If anything confuses you, you can always rewind the podcast and listen to a specific part. Don't forget to click on the link in the description to see a model of the life cycle of a star to help your understanding. Have a fun day. Peace out.